Last time we talked in Second uh, John, and I haven't actually turned there myself, but I'll get there quickly, uh, about listening and, and being careful who you listen to, who you hang out with, uh, who you support, and sometimes we need to take a strong stand for the truth and for what's right, and it, it matters. But it, it, it isn't always popular, is it? In, in this day and age, especially with, with people, it isn't always popular to, to take a stand for something. Because everybody wants to just be, it's all fluid and, and everything is okay and, and uh, nothing is bad, but unless you say something is bad and then you're bad. But we have to make choices in our lives, and, and we need to be careful. We're, we're not unequally yoked with uh, the world that Paul said, you know, what has darkness to do with light? There's a big difference. We need to understand the difference, especially, especially those who call themselves Christians and yet say and do otherwise, other than what the Bible says a Christian should be and believe. If I get here and say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but, you know, I don't really believe that Jesus is God come in the flesh. There's a problem. We have a problem. So the scripture says bad company corrupts good character. And that word corrupts, it means to shrivel. It means to wither. And so, so when we're with people like, like that or, or just people who are just totally into the world, uh, it affects us. It, it will corrupt me if I'm spending people. Now, we saw last week, it doesn't mean you don't ever spend time with people. I go and visit, you know, neighbors and, and different people I spend time with and, and to reach out and to try to be a light and a witness. But to take into my close fellowship, my close friendship, that's a whole other story. Proverbs 13, 20 says, He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Be careful who you hang out with. Don't say, uh, oh, it's not going to affect me, I'm so strong. What does it say? Pride comes before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. I almost quoted it like everybody does. So today, though John took this radical stand, you know, John the Apostle of Love, he took this radical stand about, you know, who are you, who are you even going to let in your house? Who are you even going to greet? Like Godspeed, send Godspeed to someone. He took this very, very strong stand about who not to be around, but that doesn't mean that, that you know, it, it was radically important about being together with those who you should be with. And that's what we're going to look at today. He talks about the importance of fellowship and how, how very, very crucial it is to spend time with people. Truly, truly, he talks about truly being with them. And I mean with them, face to face with them. That's what we're going to look at. Let's read uh, as we kind of wrap up this, uh, this short book. Um, and we used to do this a lot where we would finish a book and we'd, we'd have a potluck. You remember that? 
And, and it just worked out that way. And that's one of the reasons I said we should have a potluck today because we haven't had one in a long time anyways. Verses 12 and 13, he says, I have much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that, so that our joy may be complete. The children of your chosen sister send their greetings. Radical, isn't it? Now, some things come. We're going to get to these, this, this verse in a second, but it, it kind of made me think about um, this verse, which is one of our founding verses. Uh, they devoted themselves yes. to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. What's this verse? Who can tell me where it is? Acts 2.42, there you go. That was a test. You can have something extra at the potluck if you are coming and you want to. The Word of God, he talks about the apostles' teaching, which is the Word of God, fellowship. And this is the early church now. They devoted, they're dedicated, the breaking of bread and to prayer. That's what, that's what the early church was founded upon. That's what they did. And that's what we do. And John's talking about specifically about fellowship here, but, but all these things are, are radically important. And you, I, I kind of think we're going to do all these today. Right? We're, we're looking at the Word of God right now. John was an apostle. He taught. We're, gonna, we're having fellowship now. We're going to break bread together in... in uh, I kind of look at this idea of breaking bread in two facets. One, uh, breaking bread together in communion, and, and two, having a meal together. You break bread and share a meal together. And then prayer. We've already prayed a few times here. We're going to pray a few more times. We have prayer afterwards. If you need prayer, we have prayer before the service in the room in the back. And, and, and they're faithful back there every week to pray for us too. And I, I don't know what I would do if I didn't know there was someone praying. This is the foundational aspects of a church. So he says here, I have much to write to you, but I don't want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete. He says, I have a lot of things that I want to say, a lot of things I want to write. Now, first of all, we're glad that he did write things down, right? Where would we be without what John wrote? We have the Gospel of John. We've studied that. We're, we're, we've looked at 1 John. We're now in 2 John. We're going to look at 3 John, surprisingly. Next, we're going to start that next time. Is that okay with you? Don't make faces then. I can see you. But, but John wrote these things down. So he says, I have much to write. I'm not going to write, but I want to, I want to come. But... but First of all, the things he did write down are absolutely incredible. And that we have them now. John wrote in, in the Gospel of John, he said, these things are written. He wrote them down so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. We're glad he wrote those things down. It, it's, it's how that, that we know that we, we know who Jesus is. 
We can believe in him and we can have eternal life by, by what is written down. The, the word of God is so absolutely incredible. I, you know, I hope you know that I love the Bible. Do you know that? Yes. Do you ever get that impression that maybe I just... It's not like an afterthought, like, uh, you know, well, let's throw a little Bible in and, uh, you know, sing Kumbaya or something. No, the Word of God. I love the Bible. Why? Because it is so powerful. Uh, he, the writer of the Hebrews says in chapter 4, the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. It gets right into my heart. It, it can get right into your heart if you let it. If you open up your mind and your heart and life to it, I tell you what, it, it's a day that I say this before, I, I, I am in counseling. I need counsel. I need counseling. It's okay to admit that, right? But this is where I go. Amen. I don't have a counselor I can call up every day or go see every day. That, I mean, they charge money. Not that that's bad, you know, sometimes you need some help, outside help, obviously. But this is, you know, the counsel of the Word of God is free, and it's there every day. I go every day, and, and it's just amazing how God can lift my heart and mind just through taking a few minutes to open up His Word and, and, and look at it and, and ask Him, well, what is it that you, you know, how are you going to help me through this one? And every day is something new. Every day is a new day, good and bad. How are you going to help me through this one? And I just, it's just, I just am blown away how God lifts me up, you know, every single day through his word. Paul said in Romans chapter 15, everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. The stuff that, these things that were written down for us, it, it's, it's so that we would endure and keep going till we get to the end, and that we would be encouraged and that we would actually have some hope. That's amazing to me. That's why. That's why I, that's why I go, because I need hope. I need encouragement. This is a discouraging world. If you just look at the world you're going to go, wow, what a wonderful life. What a wonderful world we live in. Everybody's shooting everybody. It's a, you know, we're bombing each other like you know, murder and, and all these radical, horrible things are happening. What a wonderful world we live in. The encouragement of the scriptures that we might have hope. Our hope is not here. Our hope is in him. Our hope is in the home that we have in heaven. So that's my little pre-message about before the message. Don't look at your watches now. See, we're going to get to what Paul or John's talking about here now. John's not downplaying the word of the written word. He's not downplaying that at all. He he wrote, you know, all these, you know, chapters in the Gospel of John and the, and the chapters in 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. He wrote all these things, not downplaying that like that's not important. 
But he's focusing on one of these other four things here, the fellowship that is so radically important. He says, I don't want to use paper and ink right now. Why not? Instead, he said, instead, what I want to do is I want to visit you and I want to talk with you. How? Face to face. Face to face. Just like that. Face to face. There is something about being together in person, right? Someone said it. This fellowship requires personal presence. It requires personal presence. Now, first, I want to say this, and and this is very important. Don't uh, misunderstand me. Some people are not able to be here, right? Some for physical reasons or or other reasons that are that are you know valid reasons. They're not able to be. I don't want anybody to feel bad who maybe is watching this right now, even. Because they cannot be here. But I think that's the exception rather than the rule. And most of us are. We've come up with this weird phrase, in-person church. That's new. In-person church. They didn't talk about that in the early church. Well, we're going to have in-person church now. Before we were, we were doing out-of-person church or something weird, whatever that was, I'm not going to go off on all that, my opinions and all my attitudes and all that about that stuff. But, but, but God wants us, and John was saying this is radically important that we would be face-to-face, we would be together. It's interesting, through the years that there have been people who um, said to me, you know, I'm so glad to be a part of your church. And I never saw them. Maybe they came in the beginning for a little while, but then they don't come anymore. But they still consider this our church. I'm going like, huh? That doesn't make any sense. And maybe they listen. Maybe they listen to our you know, messages, and that's good. You know, they get the Word of God that way too. But, but when we're talking about fellowship, when we're talking about what John's talking about here today, he says, you need to be together. God's plan is to be together in person. This is God's plan. There's many, and I've seen it through the years as well, many who call themselves Christians but never, never go to church, never become part of a fellowship. That's not God's plan. That's not right. I'm I'm not afraid to say that is not right. Interesting, these words here, face-to-face, the Greek words are stoma to stoma. Mouth to mouth. I thought the stoma was the thing they put in your neck when they have to, what do you call it, open up the airway? But, but literally it means mouth, mouth to mouth. I think about, and I think, oh, that's like mouth to mouth resuscitation. When you get really close to somebody, say husband and wife, and, and you might be mouth to mouth, and that's more like kissing. But that is intimate right but he's he's not talking about that we need to kiss everybody although there are some there are some verses that talk about you know holy kiss 
but I don't, you know, we don't really practice that much here, but, but um, you can kiss me on the cheek, but not on the mouth, please. But it's this idea of face to face. If, you know, if I'm like this, I'm not mouth to mouth with you, am I? And you're going like, what, 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 what are you trying to say? But when we're facing each other, there's something about it, you see. There is something about this. And, and you can see, you know, the expressions of people's faces. You can see their eyes. You can see their mouth if they're laughing or, you know, if they're very upset. So what about Facebook? Face-to-face. There you go. Isn't it Facebook? Facebook is the answer. We are going to, you know, we are going to help the whole world. They have this vision of helping the whole world with Facebook. What have they helped so far? Uh, A pastor uh, said this one time about Facebook. He said, there's no face and there's no book. That's true. Now, I look at it, and, I, and sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll put things on Facebook I haven't done for a long time, but, but I'll look at it, and you find out stuff from people who get this, something radical has just happened, and they'll put it on Facebook, but they won't call you or they won't tell you in person. That, that's not right. You find out this, you know, personal information from somebody on Facebook, and you go like, What? You know, there's a, there's a lot of, they call it social media, but it's not very social, really. We're called by God to be together. We're called by God to be together. It says in Hebrews chapter 10, and you probably knew I was going to quote this verse, he said, let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. He, he says, don't give up meeting together. And this is what John's talking about here, being face to face. He says, some are in the habit of doing that. We have, we have, we're creatures of habit, right? We have good habits and we have bad habits. He said, this is a bad habit when you, you know, any reason... Anything that comes along, well, that's a good reason to not get together with the, with the church. And let me say this. I'm not talking just about our church, though I am talking to our church. But it doesn't have to, you don't have to be at this church. You have to just be with a church somewhere, a good church that teaches God's word and, and these four you know, facets of the church. So I'm not just saying this to you know, build up our church, right? But we can get bad habits. Oh, you know, I'm going to watch Charles Stanley on TV today because you know, I, I've got an ingrown toenail and I, I think I better stay home. Or, you know, I've got a, this splinter. I got a splinter the other day, and it was really bad. I got a Band-Aid. I'm not making this up. <laughs> and my daughter dug it out, but then it was still bad, and so she had to dig it out again. That's a good reason to stay home, isn't it? 
we have, we have, you know, bad habits, good habits. But what does he say in that verse? He says that, that we need to get together. Why? So we can encourage one another. And all the more, as you see the day approaching, as things get worse and worse, it's more important that we get together now than it ever was before. Now, we don't do it out of guilt. I've probably erred, you know, on the side of not saying things for fear of making you feel guilty. And I, I think that's wrong. But, but there are some churches, and I've heard people, you know, they, they pour the guilt on, man. You've got to be there every time the door opens, you know, or you're, you're a bad, you know, bad Christian or, or whatever. You know, there's these extremes. But, but, but in the middle is the proper understanding of what is what God wants. As much as we are able, he says, so that we can encourage one another as, as, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Not out of guilt. Well, what does John say comes out of it here in this verse? What does he say? So that, so that what? So that our joy may be complete. There's a reason he wanted to get together with them and be face to face with them and have this fellowship. And the reason was joy. Joy can come actually out of being together and being with people. You can, you can kind of feel joy. You can, there's something that good that can come out of it. Why is that? I don't know. But it's true. How many of you, ever, you know, you've come and you're, you were just like in the, you know, you're down in the dumps and, and was, you know, but, but there was someone you know here or at a church or in a Bible study or with someone and, and you talk with someone, and, and something, you can't even describe it, but like a weight was lifted. I mean, have you ever experienced that? I know I have. Maybe you were able to share something that was bothering you, and something, you know. It, 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 there's something about human-to-human, -human, you know, this interaction, and as believers, and, and, and how it can lift us up. And, and, and I think that's what he's talking about here. The, the word complete simply means filled up. Filled up. So that our joy may be filled up. We came in and it was kind of empty. We were kind of down. You know, but hearing the word of God and, and being fellowship with, with other people and, 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 and the other things that we do together, prayer... It just kind of fills you up with some encouragement. Maybe, okay, I can make it another week. I can make it another day. I can make it another, you know, hour because I've got, you know, I've got brothers and sisters and they, they know me and they love me. I, you know, I, I look forward uh, to just seeing you and talking with you. And to catching up with you and, and, and to visit, as John says there, to talk and to visit and just to kind of catch up. I look, I look forward to that. Uh, my greatest regret is that I can't talk with each and every one of you every week. I wish I could. Uh, you know, we don't have enough time every Sunday, so I, I might get to talk with 
two or three, and, and that's kind of how it is for everybody. Can you talk to every single person here? You can. But if you can talk with one or two or three and, and kind of face-to-face and share, you, 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 might, you might get that sense where God can use that to fill you up with, with some hope and some joy and some encouragement. Sometimes it's sad, you know, uh, I'm not going to name any names here, but sometimes people just want to talk and talk and talk, and they don't let me talk with someone else. Now, that, <laughs> that was an honest thing. I'm turning red because I'm embarrassed to say that. But let's be sensitive. And, and uh, let's not hog each other's time. Maybe, maybe they need to talk to somebody else for a few minutes. Some of you are very sensitive to this, and I, and I appreciate that. But I look around sometime, and all of a sudden, I look around, and everybody is gone. And I go, oh, I only got to talk to one person or two people. I, w- I wanted to talk to more people. I'd love to talk to you. And, and I get these little snatches, like, what's going on in your life? I get a little snatch of, of you know, what is going on or what isn't or what, what, how you feel and what's happening. And, and that, that like fills me up. Like, wow, I know a little bit more about you now. I know a little bit more. Face-to-face time. It's important. It's real. One day, one day, and I got to keep moving here because uh, we're having communion and, and uh, breaking bread together downstairs as well. One day, though, this is kind of an example. One day we're going to see God face to face. And 1 Corinthians 13 says that we only see him now uh, a poor reflection as in a mirror. But then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. So he says one day we're going to be with God face to face and we're going to know him. We're going to really know him. Why? Because we're face to face. Well, it's kind of the opposite in a sense with us where where we can get together face to face and we can get to know one another. And when we're not together, we don't have, it's not as good. Okay, phone calls are good. Text messages are good. These kinds of things are all good, but, but they're not as good. Paul the Apostle, he, he, it says in 2 Corinthians, he said that he went to a place called Troas to preach the gospel, and, and he found that the Lord had opened a door for him there. But he says, I still had no peace of mind because I didn't find my brother Titus there. So I said goodbye to them and went on to Macedonia. He, the person he wanted to be with wasn't there. Later in chapter 7, he says, but God, this is so cool, but God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus. God who comforts the downcast, he comforted us by the coming of Titus. He, he was so you know, upset earlier, he actually left. Even though there was an open door there, he left. He couldn't do it. But he said, God comforted us by the coming of Titus, this guy, there's something about being together. 
Are you kind of getting the idea? Later on, he says, he said, my joy was greater than ever because Titus was there, this person that he was involved in. One more passage, and we're going to have to wrap this up, I think. I know I had to make my notes a different size. I don't know how many pages I have here. Um, <clears throat> but in, in, in 1 Thessalonians, he says, Paul says this. He says, but brothers, when we were torn away from you for a short time, in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. For we wanted to come to you, certainly I, Paul, did, again and again, but Satan stopped us. Satan stopped us. He says, For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and our joy. We think it's all about us. No, it's all about the, other, the joy comes from the other person, the other party. But Paul said, you know what? I, 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 want, I really want to be together with you. He said, but there's a battle going on. Satan stopped us. Satan somehow, he doesn't explain how. But it's a battle. And sometimes, you know, I said, you know, I was making light of it. You know, we have these little excuses. But there's a spiritual warfare that takes place as well. Oh, you don't need to go to church today, that little whispering. You don't really need to hear God's word. You can, you can go next week and then next week and next week and, and eventually you're not there for a month, six weeks. The enemy doesn't like it. Just so you know, the enemy doesn't like us being together. He's not saying, oh, good, they're all together again. Now, he, he likes it if we get together and we never open the Bible and we never pray and we never do anything that God has called us to do. He, he says, that's cool. I'm not going to worry about you people over there. But Paul says, you are our glory and our joy. Isn't it you? What is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes. Is it not you? Wow. Jesus wants us to be together. John the Apostle said it's very important to be together. The last word I'll say on this, and Matthew Henry, uh, the old commentator, pastor, he said, the communion of saints should be, by all methods, maintained. And their communion should tend to their mutual joy. Whatever you got to do to be together, just get it done. Get a ride. One of our guys rides his bike here every week. See that bike out there? Whatever it takes. Get a ride with somebody. Face to face. We're going to pray first and then we're going to have communion together. But first, let's pray for this thing called fellowship because I think it's important. Father in heaven, thank you for your grace and your mercy and your peace that you give to, to us as a one little part of the body of Christ. And, and uh, 
throughout the world, as people gather together face to face, in person, they, they find this encouragement, they find hope, they find joy. I pray you would just uh, uh, let that explode within our church as we realize what we have. As we look into one another's eyes and we spend time together, even though it's a, an hour a week, or hour and a half a week, or whatever it is, that it's important. It's, it's radically important. We pray that, that uh, nothing would divert us from what you called us to do, the, the Word of God, fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayer as these were devoted, the early church devoted to it. Keep us on that path, Lord, here in this church. I pray for each one of us as individuals too, Lord, that that we would uh, fight the good fight. And sometimes it's a battle just to get here. Maybe it's our own fear that keeps us from coming. that we would fight and, and see everything that you have for us to appreciate and to have those things that you have for us here. Maybe it's times of uh, smaller groups. Maybe it's just one-on-one and spending time having breakfast together or lunch or something. Lord, I thank you for this group of people in our church go out every Sunday and have lunch together, it's awesome. They're breaking bread, they're face to face. It's not just here in this building. Father, give us courage and encourage one another through the fellowship you give us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.